Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. We're going to stay in Reno today. In fact, I think we're in Reno most of this week while we're in Nevada, and that's a story in itself. Our guest today is a contemporary musician, contemporary instrumentalist, Gary Norman, from Reno, and we'll talk with him about his musical journey. Hey, bass players, The Bag is a high-quality leather gig bag family of products that are handmade in the United States with the finest craftsmanship and a beautiful, sophisticated, and very cool overall appearance. They're made of some of the finest high-quality leather and cushion available and meant to last literally, literally a lifetime. I hate that word literally, but in this case, they really want it to last a lifetime. They've got over 30 years in the leather industry. They're extremely proud to introduce this line of gig bags targeted to not just the skilled professional, as well as the fun-seeking novice, me. Our hope is that uh, that you'll love the bag as much as they do. The bag. From Tony Vaughn Bass Bags, you can find them on Facebook. You can find The Bag on Musician's Friend or uh, Sweetwater or Guitar Center, any place where you buy gear. Uh, his website is up, it's down, it's up, it's down. So you can find Tony Vaughn Bass Bags or Tony Vaughn Bass on Facebook. And you can try the website, it might be on today. Who knows, it's a new year, right? TonyVaughn.com, V-A-U-G-H-N. And uh, it's just, it's fun. It's it's a fun, comfortable bag. And Tony's a hell of a bass player, too, by the way. Another hell of a guitar player, musician, is Gary Norman, our guest today. And Gary, what is that guitar I see over your right shoulder there? Uh, that's a, a, a Godain from Canada, Godain uh, Jazz. Uh, it's called a multi-act because of uh, different outputs that you have on it. It's a very versatile uh, I've, I've never seen it, and never heard of it, so it looks pretty cool. They, they uh, made it for a, a few years and for whatever reason chose to discontinue it, but not, I, I think, basically because it was expensive to make. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. So uh, let's it's, hear about... It's one hear. of my beloved uh, instruments, yeah. Well, that's that's why he or she is the star of the show and you're just the, you're just the voice, right? <laughs> that is exactly right. right. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I've got, I don't know if you see over my shoulder, and this is audio only, but over my shoulder, I've got a few of my acoustics. I've got, I was over at some friend's house just the other night, so I've got a few more in the living room, and all my electric stuff is downstairs where I'm building a studio. So it's fun to have nice. toys. You also have yeah. a keyboard there. So do you, you're a multi instrumentalist? My uh, my main instrument is the guitar. I've been playing the guitar since I was about eight years old. Wow. Uh, however, the first first instrument I put my hands on was the keyboard. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, I also uh, play the bass, and um, you know, so I guess that's multi enough. <laughs> yeah, that's the, more multi than me. I'm <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, I, I, I play acoustic and electric guitar. So, <laughs> oh, good for you. Yeah, right. Well, that's. I just recently found out from from the uh, booker that I work with that uh, when when you're hired for electric guitar, if you also play acoustic guitar, that's considered a double. So you get paid oh, like no kidding. a reed player would get played for a double. Well, I'll be darned. So, are you yeah. uh, are you a member of the union? I'm a member of uh, the Reno Reno local union. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, I'm also uh, a signed artist with Leap Entertainment. So I I play some of the big shows in town. Uh -huh. 
And I'm new to that because I just moved to Reno from California. I, I've been here for about four years now, though. But okay. it, right before COVID. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard really good things about the Reno Union, that they really take really good care of musicians. That's awesome because that's not the case in all, a lot of states. Well, well, they do. And they're, you know, it's like a little family. Yeah. That's, that's you know, something it's else. It's not so big, you know. Yeah. yeah. So you moved there from California. You were eight. When you started playing, were you born and raised in California? No, I was uh, born born in uh, uh, Philadelphia. I'm a East Coast transplant. Wow! Yeah, born in born in Philadelphia. I went to school in Boston. Spent a little time partying during my <laughs> <laughs> during my teenage years in Virginia Beach, of all places, okay. and then moved out to San Francisco. Did you ever get up to Vermont? Um. I think I did a car trip up there. It's beautiful. Oh, okay, yeah. That's where we are in the in the spring, like April to November. I'm in Vermont, and then uh, November to April, I'm here in Missouri. But, yeah, nice. Yeah, it must be fascinating traveling around to all those all those locations. That's a drive. <laughs> <laughs> the hotels right. are always a challenge. We'll just let it go at that. So. Yeah, uh, what were your influences growing up? I mean, how did you get like from from here? To hear musically, how did you? Well, I was fortunate. I was I was born into a family where my my dad uh, had the ticket ticket concession for the Valley Forge Music Fair, uh, which was west of, of Philadelphia, and uh, so he, you know, he was a businessman mm -hmm. involved in the Valley Forge Music Fair, and uh, there were musicians coming through the house all the time. You oh, know, fun. like Les Brown. You know, I, I don't remember all of them, but, uh, you know, it was um, was an interesting thing for me. I, you know, I was three years old or something. But So did uh, musicians perform when they would come by the house or would they just come in? And Sometimes. But again, I was so I was so young that I don't remember a lot. But I, I do remember going to the shows. Okay. And um, and meeting the musicians and and um, and my dad had music on the stereo all the time, you know it was like Peggy Lee back in those days, yeah. or you know something. Mario like Lanza, somebody like that, right? <laughs> right. That's one of my favorite go to uh, go to names to throw out when we're talking of music of that genre. You know that oh, era yeah. of the the vocalists of the fifties and whatnot, and mm -hmm. pe people that don't know Mario Lanza like. And those that do are like, good for you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, it's a new name for me, but nevertheless, it's the same genre, and I get kind of yeah. the idea. Yeah. So, yeah. And and that's the whole thing, you know. Is just, when you're sort of steeped in music, it's not any specific thing, but it's it's kind of the environment that you're in. We were talking right before this. As a matter of fact, you said something I thought was really brilliant because I asked how you would classify your music. And you said something about labels. Do you remember what you said? Oh, well, you, you asked me, you know, well, what do you consider yourself in terms of a genre? And I, I would say contemporary music, you know, because right now we, you know, we live in the world of the internet and, and, you know, the technology that enables us to communicate all over the world. So we're influenced by all kinds of music. You know, Indian music, African music, uh, Indo-European music, blues from down south, whatever it is. So, so I consider my my music 
sort of a, a collection of different different things that I've been influenced in by and and I think sometimes those terms are marketing terms not to not to say that that's not a good thing but right. you know it, it helps people to identify what they'd like to listen to but nevertheless uh, for an artist sometimes that can be limiting so I like to think of it in a broader term and I've heard that not not that eloquently, but I've heard that expression, that sympathy expressed a lot with musicians. That I don't really like to be pigeonholed, or I don't like to be this. But that what you said is that's more of a marketing thing. It's not a musician thing because musicians don't necessarily put their music into this, unless unless you set out to be a country band, you set out to be a jazz musician. You know, then right. that's how you identify. But if you're bringing just music to the world like you do, like Tim Haywood is a friend of mine down in Arkansas. Who does okay. what you do just brings yes. music out in the world you can't really say that it's contemporary this or it's americana or it's jazz or it's fusion or because it's a little bit of all these things all the influences that hit you in your life come out in your music yeah i i like when i'm composing or i'm you know i'm i'm crafting some kind of an arrangement i'm i'm judging from my own taste and from my own values rather than from well, where it's going to, where is it going to be placed, you know? And I think there are maybe some artists who can do that, but I'm, I, I don't operate that way. So music mm. without lyrics always yes. intrigues me on where the inspiration comes from and more so where the titles come from. <laughs> well, um, uh, I, I like to think of instrumental music as a form of vocal music. Now that that's probably crazy to say. It's like, well, you're collapsing the distinction. Well, in a way. So when, if you were to listen in a certain way to conversations, just anywhere out, out in the world, even to our own conversation, and listen past the words, what you have is, is you know, you have a a sense of phrase you have a sense of rhythm you you have the the song behind the words so to speak yeah. and uh, that's where i get a lot of my inspiration for my melodies by listening in that way listening for the song behind the words you know there's you know the up and downness of of vocal inflection and you know there's the pauses at the end of phrases and there's a lot of a lot of parallels between our normal speech patterns and well, music. And Gary, thank you, because that's what I love about opera. Oh, yes. You know, I don't speak Italian. I don't speak Russian. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't. That's a good point. But I I can get caught up in the passion of the play, get in the, the passion of the performance, whichever. Sure. Know, because sure. of just that. And when you were saying that, I, I don't know if you remember who Steve Allen is. He was, I think, oh, the yeah. original. Okay, Steve Allen was a excellent pianist. He was a mm -hmm. host of a one of the original hosts of the Tonight Show or something like that, or a late That's night right. talk show. Yeah, and we're old I enough remember, to know that. <laughs> the Tonight Show, that thing that uh, Jimmy Fallon is on, that used to have Jay Leno and before that Johnny Carson, before that Jack Parr, and before that Steve Allen. If I oh, remember correctly, right? I know. Uh, Steve Allen. One time, I saw this one time, and he he was talking about music and where music comes from. And he had different photos. He goes, I want to show you something. And he put a, a picture of birds sitting on telephone wires. He goes, now you might see birds sitting on a telephone wire. I see a treble clef. And he played <laughs> the notes that yeah. correlated with where the birds were on. And he wrote yeah. a whole song about that. And he yeah. did it with like with parked cars. And so, there were th three or four other examples. He, and it was hilarious, but it was also brilliant. 
<laughs> you know, of, of where his music came from. Uh, I, I mentioned Tim Haywood earlier. He's a, he's a friend of mine, and he does a lot of what you do, instrumental, mm -hmm. contemporary kind of music with a lot of jazz influence. And I asked him the same question. Why is this song called Body Talk and this one called The Way You Move? <laughs> well, I'll t uh, Body Talk was um, uh, I actually that I was listening to the the band Weather Report. Yeah, and um, and there was just something about how the percussion bed in the way that Weather Report had uh, the drums and the percussion. Uh, happening there to, it just you know it just felt like you know it, you just you want to you know you just want to dance and yeah. if and the percussionist would make sounds with his voice that weren't singing you know words so mm -hmm. to speak but he makes percussion sounds with his voice and it just oh body talk you know it's it's this physicalness that is being expressed that's you know there's a certain you know, you feel elevated when you listen to their music. Yeah, and so, so I I was influenced by Weather Report for that tune. Now, uh, on uh, the way you move, uh, the last part of that tune was a spontaneous improvisation that I did no fixing on. Oh, I just improvised, but I improvised to uh, my wife who was in front. <laughs> Front of me listening and we, we you know i had my project studio and she came into uh -huh. the studio and and you know she said well what are you doing i'm like i'm composing this song you you know you want to be a part of it here i'm going to do this next section why don't you just be there and i'm going to play to you and that's where that came from that's, that's so the sweet. last part of it <laughs> that is so sweet well i, I brought yeah. those two up because i want to play your first song here and yeah. body talk in an instrumental can have so many different meetings, you know, it, how I envision it. And when you listen to your music, I picture somebody, mm -hmm. two different things, somebody dancing. Yes. Right. And in another yeah. picture, just a business meeting, you know, oh. and you're oh, writing about their body talk and, you know, can take the words out. Like you said earlier, take the words out of the whole thing and just watch how people communicate. Like I'm using my hands right now. You know, no, correct. I, yeah. I, I could be a certain ethnicity as much as I use my hands, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I have been told. Uh, well, that's yeah, that's a good body, thing. Body language, you know, and, and so I, I put well, the, that idea the, with the, Yeah, and that was the other idea about it. It was that, well, a lot of our communication isn't in the words, although it, there's the song behind the words, but then there's also the song in your movement is kind of what you're pointing to or the, the, um, meaning somehow that gets expressed with just how we move right yeah and well, how, uh, that how, always fascinates me that stuff i i talked to a lot of people but in, in, this, in this particular context i talked to a lot of women about abusive relationships that they've had sure said, how can sure. you say he loves you when he's hitting you you know because the words are saying one thing but the violence is selling, showing something else that's well, it's a it's a good way to know whether people's being somebody's you know being real with you you know if yeah. you know if there's uh you know a correspondence between what they say and you know how they move exactly yeah. 
And that's what Body <laughs> Talk's all about. Gary Norman, our guest here from Reno, Nevada. And the first song of his we're going to hear is a song called Body Talk here on the Music of America podcast.
Body Talk from Reno, Nevada. Our guest today, Gary Norman on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard, and we'll get back to talk to Gary in a little bit. Now, it's ski season right now, and guess what? River Ridge Farms in Vermont is already taking summer applications. How about that? River Ridge Farms, Vermont's recreation lover's dream. It's a gorgeous vacation rental nestled in the Green Mountains of Vermont. River Ridge Farm is an escape to everything it's wonderful Vermont has to offer. This historic farmhouse is set atop 16 acres of fields with mountainous views, a pasture, a pond, tree-lined river frontage. Go out and enjoy this beautiful spot right in the heart of the Green Mountain State, along with the multiple nearby ski and mountain resorts, breweries, biking and hiking trails, and other tourist activities. This spot is unique to its multiple mountain views and the resident farm animals. When you make your appointment, talk to the owner, Diana, and ask about interaction with the farm animals. She's got pigs, cows, chickens, and the pigs love being visited by humans. It's just, it's so much fun. And you don't have to. I mean, you just do a farm stay in this comfortable modern farmhouse with which will actually sleep 11 guests comfortably. There's enough space to throw events like birthday parties, graduation parties, retirement parties, or just relax and rejuvenate in the beautiful Vermont landscape. Check them out, River Ridge Farms. You can find them on Facebook, but if you look at River Ridge Farms, you're going to find about two dozen of them across the country. So look for River Ridge Farms Jeffersonville. They're also available to you at Airbnb. River Ridge Farms, Jeffersonville, Vermont. River Ridge Farms, Vermont's recreation lover's dream. We talked about that briefly, Gary, about, about Vermont, and uh, it really is gorgeous. If you ever get back east to visit, and I happen to be up there, let's get together, because I would love to, one of my New Year's resolutions is to find contacts in Vermont and in, in the St. Louis area for people like you that want to come east, want to come to the Midwest, and expand your product or your, your yeah. visibility there's this huge yeah. jazz festival that you would fit in so wonderfully in in vermont it's a the discover jazz it's the first week in june every year you would well you know the, the what we call the music business is the music conversation amongst musicians and, yeah. and artists and and that's what we're doing here you know that's this is where it happens in a conversation yeah. and you know and for, as far as i can tell Anytime I've ever had an opportunity to do something, and I would be 100% open to that, anytime I have had an opportunity, it came from a conversation with someone. You know, some yeah. people say, oh, it's who you know. Well, I say, yeah, it's kind of right, but it's not exactly right. I don't think, not in my experience. It's who you're talking to and who you're listening to, right? And right. then what do you say, and then what do you promise each other, or what do you invite each other into? And I'd like to see musicians, just as yourself, I'd like to see more musicians inviting each other to play. More, I get a real you know, strong, a real strong sense of that when I was in Vermont. When I'm in Vermont, yeah. there's that uh, esprit de corps with musicians there. We, yeah. we had a lot of flooding up there this year, and to help the farmers, all the and I would call them the bigger name local musicians, right? Sure. Not sure. so much, not so much the garage band guys like me. But the people that are they're doing the shows around the state, around the Northeast, they all mm -hmm. got together, donated their time, and they did a tribute to Bob Dylan. And oh, all nice. the money went to uh, uh, Hug a Farmer, which is a, a foundation established to help farmers in times of drought, mm -hmm. in times of uh, whatever, a flood in this case, to help them. Because without them, without farmers, I mean, we're all starving, right? 
Anyways, sure. it, it's really cool yeah. that how they all came together for this. And it was just a phone call. You know, Jake would call up uh, mm. Dwight and say, hey, we're doing this thing. You in? Like, yeah. What time and when? What song do I do? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you, you compare that to other markets, I'll just say. I've heard, because I've done the show, I've talked with a lot of people about other markets. And sure. some of the places are like, yeah, you're not good enough to play here yet. You're not good enough to play here yet. And then when you are good enough to play here, you're like, I'm too good to play here. I'm too good to play. <laughs> well, that would be the definition of insanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Now you're in, in, in how is how is Reno in terms of a music hub? Is it is it pretty because it I'm I'm doing this whole week almost exclusively Reno. And oh, I would have thought, well, thought I would have been bombarded with Vegas entertainment. Almost yeah, no. Almost everybody knows each other up here. <clears throat> and and uh that's an advantage in a way. When I'm when I um moved up here it was right before COVID and, and then COVID hit and, you know, I, 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 you know, I had a goal to play out in the, you know, maybe the casinos, you know, you don't have showroom gigs and quite in the same way as back in the day. So there's a little bit of a conversation called, well, back in the day when, you know, when it was good, but no, yeah. it's good now. And um, so you've got a, you, you know, you, you got a lot of burning man culture influence here which helps in a way. So it's a very creative community. There's a, a big uh, community of artists and musicians. And we, you know, we, we interact with each other, you know, it's kind of like a little family. What is and, what's the uh, adage that steel hardens steel, right? And say that again for me. Steel hardens steel. So if you're around other musicians, and they're oh. good, then you get better. And then you help them get better by you being better. And then they get better. And steel hardened steel well I'll, now i'll tell you a little story about that so when when uh, i when my wife and i uh landed here um the uh the coordinator for the reno philharmonic somehow found my website and i think it was through a friend mm -hmm. i'd played with and uh or a couple of friends um who, who i just just made and uh they had a um a pops program that was going to be presented on the outdoor stage right in front of Lake Tahoe. It's called San Harbor is the area and it's the Shakespearean stage and they do concerts there. And, and I think it was an Ella Fitzgerald tribute and they needed, uh, needed someone to play in that style on electric guitar with the, with the Philharmonic. And uh, I guess they, for whatever reason, couldn't find someone to do it. And they had two weeks before the show, wow. so so they called me and um, through actually contacted me through my website and can you and can you do it in two weeks? I'm like, you kidding? <laughs> 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 yes, and I did it, and and that opened up a whole bunch of 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 friends and relationships that ensued in, to other. Uh, you know, opportunities, other gigs, which I could tell you about if you want to want to hear about it. But it, it's so I think that that kind of tells you what Reno is, is like. It's it's uh, there's some great opportunities and people are open, you uh -huh. know, more so than what I experienced in other places. Yeah. So what got you to Reno? You were in California. Is that where you started your musical career? 
Um, well, I started my musical career on the East Coast. You know, okay. I was I was playing um, uh, country clubs <laughs> really? in 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 Virginia Beach. Uh -huh. You know, and somehow after and I I had gone to uh, Berkeley College of Music in Boston, oh, and okay. uh, and I had just graduated and I moved uh, back down to where my uh, family was in Virginia Beach, and I was playing the officers clubs and the dance clubs and the um, uh, yacht clubs, things like that. And it was a pretty were good you, gig, actually. Were you, a, were you a solo performer? Or did you have a band with no, you? No, no, I was playing in a band. Okay. I was playing in the band. It was um, Eric Stevens and the Band of Renowned or something like that. Right. It was very, it was a little cheesy, but that's all right. Another Les Brown <laughs> reference, by the way. <laughs> What's that? It was another Les Brown reference, by the way. Oh, we talked about Les Brown earlier, and it was, Brown it, there was yeah. I'm like, did you steal that name? All right, but anyway, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like that never happens, right? Right. Anyway, <laughs> but I, you know, I I had met a met someone during my time up at, at in in Boston at Berkeley, and and um, she turned out to be now living in the Bay Area, and uh, invited me out to. Yeah, you know, here you know, I can, you know, I can give you a place to stay for a couple of weeks. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it wasn't a big proposition. It was just like, you know, stay for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, and and uh, and I, you know, I was young and didn't have a lot of things holding me back, so I went. Why not? I, I, so I kind of launched myself to the next level in uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, Marin County, um, you know, that kind of thing. And and uh, the first thing I did when I arrived there was to uh, deliver my uh, mindful music seminar. So it's sort of what, because it was a good for that crowd out there. Mm -hmm. you know. Well, jazz is huge, huge in the Bay Area. But, well, jazz is, you know, and I, uh, you know, and again, I try to steer away from being specifically jazz because I think it narrows the palette too much and uh so right, right, some, some it, of the i'm sorry but it does but to me it also invites so many different people because uh okay you know, well jazz, I, I jazz guess is a big umbrella and i'm not a jazz player but i love jazz yeah. but i it, this is funny i tell people this all the time i can't listen to jazz unless i'm no. seeing it live you know i can have it as the background oh. music. i can sleep to it you know but if i've got jazz going on in the background a lot of times unless it's some of the older stuff like right. older, older stuff. Sure. Uh, if it's weather report, if it's spiral gyro, somebody like that, I, I, sure. I want to watch them. I want to watch them play. Well, I hear exactly what you're saying, and one of the one of the things I got really fascinated with, especially after uh, being in the environment, uh, the Berkeley environment, I, yep. I got real um, interested in well, what is this magic that happens between what we call jazz musicians when they're improvising together? And, yeah. and it comes out, you know, in this magnif magnificent way, this beautiful way. And and they've never played what they played. They played it in the moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a structure, but nevertheless, they played in the moment with each other. And they'll never play it that way again. And, uh, you know, that, that to be willing to be that risky in terms of your your artistic expression with others and then to come together with that kind of, you know, 
some people call it in the zone or you know yeah, yeah. you know in the groove but i don't those words i don't quite capture it for me it's more than that you know I, that because that became like a a serious uh, uh inquiry for me or or something that i've been researching for all my life that the phrase that i use in in those instances and i got this actually from uh, a movie friday night lights a football movie yeah. he talks about they're in the championship game and the coach is talking to him at halftime he says y'all got to find yourself out there y'all got to find yourself out there on the field mm -hmm. and in those what I call oh wow instances where mm -hmm. it's an impromptu thing, but everything comes together. Yeah, they find each other. They find each other on stage. They find each other in the song. Yeah, and it's perfect. Yeah. yeah, exactly that. And and you know, and you can't. It's kind of the thing where you can create an environment for that to happen, but you can't plan for it. Right. Right. You know, it, it's you know, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Right. Mostly it does. We, we, in my talk, we could talk like this, I think, for hours. Oh, good. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just so fascinating to me it that there's, really there's ways that we can communicate that we often don't distinguish that are extremely powerful and they create a whole world for us, you know? And so to me, the, what we call jazz isn't so much a genre like the selection of particular notes or particular chord voicings or whatever you want to mm -hmm. say but uh, it's more that thing that that spirit of spontaneous creation when it's not just one person and i say just i know that's not a good word but when it's not one person but it's a collective um speaking if you will yeah through the music you know just and, and and sometimes well what now watch what i do here sometimes yeah. it's just in the way you move <laughs> nice very good all right so all right. you were inspired all right. i'll, in I'll be sending you a starbucks card for that one <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd mentioned that kidding. you were inspired <laughs> uh in part on the end of that i guess right by your wife i thought that was so sweet well yeah i mean well, I, you know, and I also, you know, there's something that happens between men and women that's yeah. fascinating, obviously, right? You know, that it's, there's a similar creative spirit that happens for me. You know, when I would, when I played for her, same thing when I play for an audience, um, something happens with me that I don't want to call it channeling, but there's, there's uh, something comes through me that wouldn't happen if I'm in the practice, practice room doesn't happen the same way mm -hmm. and uh i play better when i'm playing with musicians who are better than me i play i play better they, something is called forth from me and so my wife kind of called that forth from me if you will <laughs> yeah. so did you have the title the way you move before she came and sat before you um that happened after the experience yeah so it was like the title of the experience yeah so magical man. and also stories like that no good all right well you know and then, then if you listen to the uh melody um the words the rhythm of that phrase the way you move is in the is in the is in the melody okay yeah we'll listen to it now oh good gary norman <laughs> gary norman right. reno novato our guest today all i just right. said novato gary norman our guest from Reno, Nevada, here today on the Music of Miracle podcast, and this song is called The Way You Move.
The Way You Move, Gary Norman from Reno, Nevada, here on the Music of America podcast, B Normous Productions. B, capital B, letter B as in boy. B Normous Productions have been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, Van Vierhoeven, decided to get back to that which he loves most, production. After tutelage under Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own place in Millican, Colorado. He has high-end instruments, high-end tools on hand to make your sound compete with that of your own favorite records. He's got one goal in mind, for you to look and sound as pro as possible. So go make some music, go make some records, go make some videos. Be Normous Productions. They're on Facebook. Or you can also find them at bnormousproductions.com. Gary Norman, our guest, and Gary, we were talking off mic about an incident that I had at Discover Jazz where the sum of all parts created this really magical moment for me that brought me to tears. I've shared this story a couple of times yes. on the podcast. I don't want to, it's a long story, so I don't want to get into it again. Sure. But you brought up that it wasn't just the musicians involved. It was me as an audience member. It was the server, the whole energy of the room. Okay. Mm. And we talked a little bit about how that you can't replicate and you try and do it in a studio, pushing buttons and using technical <laughs> stuff mm. and it's missing something. Let's talk about that. Well, I, you know, I, I think right now we have a, we have a lot of technology that's sort of in our face, literally, yeah. all the time, right? And, and I think that might be a blessing, and I also think it might be a curse, uh, you know, and depending on how you look at it and how you use the technology. And one of the things that I experience as a musician is that uh, as fancy as I could be in production on my computer, and I, I have a lot of, you know, time invested into learning learning those tools and and in producing using a computer um when you've got live musicians together and people in the audience and everybody's listening in a certain way for something new to be said in the music that there's sort of an electricity that happens you know and it's almost like uh vibrationally pressing flesh you know, it's this yeah. beautiful thing that happens with communication amongst um, human beings where we can elevate each other. And and so then the art that's coming through the musicians, the music is is an expression of also the listening in the audience. So everybody is involved. It's a collective experience. Yeah, and, you brought, and you brought I think word. that that's something that we need more now. You brought the word listening up more yes. than any guest I've ever had on here. And I think that's fascinating mm. because you really, mm. again, it gets back to that phrase, find each other. You got to listen yeah. and you got to listen, not just to the music, but you got to listen to the room. You got to listen to what's happening mm. and let that all be a part of your experience right there. And then, you know, well, I, I, th I think that that's true. And I also think that listening is not just like, let's call it an empty vessel, that receives, but listening also creates. Mm -hmm. That the the way you listen, you, you know, if you're listening for something, you're listening for something new to be said in the music. Uh -huh. To me, that's you know, that's what it's all about. And you know, a, a computer can't listen for something. <laughs> Boy, no kidding. 
I used to have a <laughs> not in a, that way anyway. You know those little so, desk so, placards you used to have and stuff back in the eighties, seventies, whatever. I had one that yeah. said listening is a response ability. Well, I like that. Yeah. And responsibility could also be thought of as being cause in the matter of what you're listening to or yeah. listening for. Well, so that's what, uh, me. That, that's what intrigues me about jazz. And I've, I've said that yeah. a lot on the show too. It's like when I'm listening to jazz, I'm listening to see not only what they're doing, but where they're going, Yeah, you know, and I want to, yeah. I think they're going to go this way. And when they don't, I go, wow. And when they do, I go, wow. <laughs> Well, I, you know, there are moments in, in just me, I say just in being part of an audience with, you know, some, some great jazz musicians where I'm, I'm so elevated. It's like I have goosebumps, you know, it's, it's like I, I am somehow out larger than my body. There's something, something that's, I'm experiencing being so connected that, um, you know, it's hard to put a label on that. And then the labels aren't big enough for it. You know, it's, no kidding. Yeah. you know, those kind of experiences. That's so when I, that's what I want out, out of, out of my music. You know, I, I want to, I want that to happen for other people around me. You've had that connection in the yeah. next song we're going to hear. The next <laughs> song is called Soka Hookah. And you've had that connection with somebody that, brings them into your show here you want to talk about that well i i was um i was producing i i was looking for a producer uh at the time um uh, and and i found uh this fellow wayne wallace he lives in the bay area and he was the um uh musical director for the pete es escovito uh orchestra that's a latin orchestra right mm -hmm. and uh and uh, i was I, I was fascinated with what he did and and uh, he and here's another example with around uh where i played better because i was working with this guy that he had a way to bring out you know my my expression uh, in areas that i wouldn't have thought of or you know, may not have done without him. So Wayne Wallace was the producer for this song. And he wrote this song uh, when he was in the Caribbean somewhere, I think. I, I don't, I'm, you know, in that area. <laughs> I might have it wrong, but I don't, I don't remember the exact location. But he, he was inspired by soca music. And he wanted to combine that with some form of American jazz. And he, he wrote this tune, um, um it was originally called soka soka mocha and then i changed the name because the name sounded good soka hookah it was just it's just poetic it's yeah. not it doesn't really have any specific meaning other than well what is the meaning to you you know it's poetic so it's soka hookah now, this is funny because we hadn't met and i hadn't seen <laughs> you before so when i saw soka hookah i immediately my pictures in my head went to a hookah bar and I pictured you not having seen you as this uh, older gentleman with hair longer than mine, which is shoulder length now, <laughs> longer than mine, past your shoulders, with gray hair, hitting on a hookah pipe, you know, <laughs> and I God like only that knows image, what's you know. in there. <laughs> God <laughs> only knows what's in there. <laughs> right. Well, we, don't, we won't tell. <laughs> no. well, there's a lot of different flavors of tobacco, right? <laughs> of course. That's so, it. 
<laughs> it's so fun though. This gets back again to how the interaction with people and the yes. esprit de corps that happens within musicians and how <laughs> we are by design, I think, or should be by design here, helping and supporting and propping each other up. And this, this is, is like it. the two of you coming together. It's really important, especially for us in this time right now. We got to come together, you know. Otherwise, you know, I don't even want to say, you know, let's stay on the positive side. Good. Take the high I road here. I was, I was going to say something about AI, but I can't take a high road with AI involved with music, so I'll just shut up. Well, <laughs> I, 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 my feeling about all the technology is that it's just got to be a balance. It's got to serve the human conversation rather than replace it. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, uh, I, I've heard Chick, Chick Corea say that, you know, when he uses computers, he wants to use the computer. He doesn't want the computer to use him artistically. I love that. I love that. Yeah. 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 Well, let's, uh, let's give this song a list, and this is Soka Hookah. All right. And our guest, Gary Norman, here on the Music of America podcast.
Soka Hookah with Gary Norman here on the Music of America podcast. Gary, this has uh, been one of my, I don't know how to say it without just discounting everybody else, one of my more favorite interviews I've done. It's just- That's awesome. We're, we're on this this place that very rarely people, humans are allowed to go to, where we're just mm-hmm. exchanging ideas and communication back and forth yeah. on the same plane. It's really cool to have that happen. And, and uh, so I appreciate that. It gets back to a word that you used earlier, listening. And yes. Yes. we're both really not just listening, but we're hearing each other. And that's really cool. So thank you. For that's that. beautiful. Thank you for this. That's um, beautiful. And, you know, I want to say, you know, I, you know, I didn't really know you until we started talking today. Yeah, no, I and, feel like and I, I feel like we're friends, you exactly. know, and, and that's, exactly. that's, that's how it can happen, you know, and, you know, if we're just open. And, um, and so I dear really thank Washington. you for reaching out. It's just really awesome. Dear Congress, dear Mr. President, dear Senate, please take note. This is how it works. Sign this us. is how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yeah. So, Gary, this is the last part of the show. We call this shameless self-promotion. And typically, okay. this is where, and I love this, because if, if you've got songs out there, if you're being, if you're doing this, especially if this is what you're doing exclusively, I do a lot mm-hmm. of interviews with people that play music, and that's their sole income. A lot of people don't, but a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't, it's nice to get those three cent checks from Apple every once in a while right. <laughs> or right. Spotify or whatever. So this is where you talk about how we can support you, where we can find you, uh, mm. where we can continue to find you and things that might be on the horizon coming up for Gary Norman. So okay. let's, let's talk about that. How do we support Gary Norman? Sure. Well, I, I can be reached through my website, and my website is easy. It's my name, Gary Norman, and there's two R's in Gary, like Jerry, GaryNorman.com. And there's there's three different ways you can contact me if you go to the website. Um, I have I have some merchandise there. It mostly has to do with my uh, my teaching. I also am a instructor and and a performance coach, and I I do a lot of that uh for for people here in reno and um my 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 teaching isn't just about learning how to play the guitar but it's also learning how to how to be musical and also uh, how how to perform in and how to is not a great word but i don't have a better word right now it's kind of like from where do you come from when you're being a powerful performer with this instrument so that's uh, kind of a wor- world of transformative coaching, and I, I include that in my lessons. And uh, and you know, so I invite I, I invite people to come uh, study with me. I like to say that with me. Uh-huh. And and uh, I'm uh, you know I've been performing around town. I play some of the big shows. I just came off of the uh, uh, Tina Turner musical. I was uh, one of the guitarists, one wow. of two of the guitarists in Tina Turner musical. We we uh, we played the uh, Pioneer Center here, which is a you know, big performance space where the Philharmonic plays all the time. And they have plays and shows all the time. And and we, uh, we had a whole week's worth of eight shows uh, that we sold out every single show. And uh, so I'm just kind of coming off of the elation of that one. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I've also played with the uh, opera uh, group as four four guys, uh, Il Devo, and uh, we played some of the big shows, uh, big 
big theaters here, and uh, um, so I'm I'm likely to con you know to continue to have um, opportunities like that. But you don't know, you know, we're freelancers. You don't know what's right. around the corner. You don't. And so one like of the ways don't, like, don't sound like you need to leave Reno, but if the opportunity afforded you, would you? Yes. Would I? Uh, I would. I would. I, I I would go wherever the opportunity shows up, you know, and and uh, it's convenient for me that I live here, mm -hmm. but it uh, doesn't need to be that way. You get a call uh, from somebody that says, hey, we're, we're going to redo Tommy by The Who, but it's real um, instrumental and we want you to be our lead guitarist. Would you take a gig like that and tour the as world? As long as they, you know, well... Um, Oh yes. <laughs> what <am> I say? <laughs> well, that's the thing about you know getting stuck with a genre. You know, it's uh, that was rock. Yeah, that was the Tina Turner thing. That was pure, unadulterated rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And I had a blast. I can't tell you how much fun that was. You know, that was probably one of those once in a lifetime things. There's there's not a lot of Broadway plays that are like that one. Right. right with where it's a, you know it's the band it's behind the the video wall playing for most of the most of the thing and uh the actors are mimicking the instruments out in front but that at the apex of that play the video wall reveals the band it goes up and and the How lights cool. come on in the band and it's the apex and we're we're playing our little butts off and yeah and uh, it's just every time that that happened, it was like, oh my God, this, then they're paying me for this. This is, I can't <laughs> believe this is happening. <laughs> so we can find you and your music at your website, which is- At my website. I will be playing around town in uh, some of the uh, local lounges. Uh, I do a solo guitar with tracks. I've created my own uh, backing track system. And, and uh, so it doesn't sound artificial. And so wow. it's like a little jazz trio playing different kinds of music that aren't jazz tunes, you know, yeah. popular music. And uh, so you can look for my name around Reno and yeah, that's go. pretty much it. And that's uh, Gary with two R's, Gary Norman, www.garynorman.com. Our guest today on the Music of America podcast, Gary, it's been a blast. Uh, our, our souls have met and now our bodies will meet too at some point in time, I'm sure. Off, awesome. You're, you're great, man. And I Thank love you. what you're doing. Thank you so much, Gary. Again, that was Gary Norman, our guest here on the Music America podcast. Up next, we head to Mound House, Nevada. Singer-songwriter Dale Ponet. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page like us and follow the show and episodes we tally the votes of all our shows and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season i look forward to having you with us again and listening to the music of america